Backstage Pass is made possible by Mauer Productions On Stage, producers of Hollywood Arms, running from October 2nd through the 11th at the Kelsey Theater in West Windsor, New Jersey. Hello and welcome to Backstage Pass, Central New Jersey's community theater podcast. I'm John Maurer and I'll be moderating this session where we will be talking about the play Hollywood Arms, being produced by Maurer Productions on stage at the Kelsey Theater in West Windsor, New Jersey. Hollywood Arms was written by comic legend Cara Burnett and her daughter Carrie Hamilton. This moving comedy drama is based on Burnett's best-selling memoir, One More Time. And it tells the story of Carol Burnett, called Helen in the play, as she grows up in a poor and troubled family. Ultimately, this is a funny and deeply moving story of three generations of women pursuing their dreams, dreams that end in disappointment, tragedy, and ultimately, for one young girl, triumph. While this play reads like a blend of Neil Simon, Carol Burnett, and Tennessee Williams, in the end, Hollywood Arms is a wholly original story that tells the tale of humor, heartbreak, love, and courage. With me here to talk about the production are director Dan Maurer and actors Lita Gilbert, Lori Hardy, Nicole Spedafino, and Kirsten Poswald. Hello and thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, I guess I'm going to move on to Dan first. Um, what drew you to this story? Why did you want to do Hollywood Arms? Uh, when I read it, I, I couldn't put it down. It, it was just such a, a phenomenal tale, uh, and every word of it was true. Um, this uh, concept of, of following, you know, these three women and their, their dreams, uh, the pursuit of their dreams, and the challenge, um, particularly that young Helen, which, um, you know, is the, it was Carol Burnett in real life, uh, went through, the things that, that, that she went through, the, the challenges, the, uh, the poverty, um, her parents' alcoholism being abandoned, and to see her come out with such a positive attitude, with talent and drive and, and generosity, is, is really an inspirational story. And, you know, w when I read that, I just thought, wow, got to do this show. So this story is based on Carol Burnett's memoirs. Did you do any research in order to get started on this? Yeah, a actually, the, the way I even discovered the play, um, because although Burnett's, you know, famous and, and, um, and everybody knows about Burnett, there aren't that many people who know about the play. And I had actually read an article about how it got written. Uh, she and her daughter, Carrie Hamilton, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, got together. Carrie called her up one day and said, you know, Mom, I was just rereading your memoir, and I think the first part of that a memoir would make a phenomenal play. Let's work on it together. So it's actually started out as a, a project that mother and daughter did together. Um, and I read the article about how they brought it to fruition. And unfortunately, um, I also read about how Carrie Hamilton had passed away from cancer before they finished it. As I'm reading that and I'm thinking, wow, I really want to read what that story is all about and what, what drove you know, these two women to, to really, first Carol to put it on, on paper and then Carrie to say there's something there that I think the world should share in a different form. Um, and then not only did I read the play, of course, was I read the memoir, uh, which just expands on, on everything uh, that, that you find in, in the play. And it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And what Carol Burnett will tell will tell you in what she said in other interviews is that about 80% of the play is verbatim. The other 20% of those things that they need to do to sort of compress the story and make it into a stage play. Um, but really, it is what happened. And, um, you know, reading the memoir, reading the articles about how it was written, 
um, and understanding who these people really were in real life, you know, really has helped to 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 flesh out the story that we're putting on stage. Which I read the memoir after I got cast in the show, and to find the the lines exactly, some of the lines in the script are straight out of the memoir, so they are direct quotes, and it's it's fascinating to try to build your character around such straight people. I mean, these are honest-to-God people, and, and trying to build a character that is going to project on stage and work with other characters is, is uh, quite challenging, but amazing. First of all, this is an extremely challenging role for me because it is against my natural type, and so I'm experimenting with all different kinds of, of acting than I have done very much in the past. And reading the memoir and seeing how Nanny interacted with Helen, uh, with, with Carol, with, with her daughter Louise, uh, it, it's giving me a lot to work with. And again, sometimes it is in conflict between what I want to do, what you want me to do as director, um, where the character appears to me on the page, both of the memoir and the script. So it's, it's just a tremendous thing to be able to work with reality and, as I said, mold it in, into a character. Well, Dan, when you were casting this show, since it's based on actual people, were there any challenges in trying to find those people to, to be in the show? When I cast the show, I didn't think I need to cast the real nanny or the real Louise or the real Helen, which of course is the um, you know the name that they use for Carol, um, young Carol Burnett. I needed the people. I need the best actors I could find who who had the chops, um, who who could play the breath of the characters. You know the the challenge with this is it's a comedy drama. You know, and some people will kick me on the table and say, no, be, be real, okay, it's more of a drama, a dra a drama comedy. Um, and and the, the acting challenges are real. So when I, you know, when, when I sat down and cast with the team, it was who's got the, the range as an actor. And there are certain roles that, that required strengths in different areas. And I, I made sure that the actors that we cast had those strengths, and, but also had opportunities to experiment in other parts of, uh, of the show and, and, and developing the character. So we have actually four actors from your production here with us now. Uh, let's start with Lita. Lita, yes. you play Louise. Who is Louise in this story? Louise is Carol Burnett's mother, Helen's mother, mm -hmm. and um, from what I've gathered having read the script and also the memoir, she leaves to go to Hollywood to pursue her dream of being a journalist, a celebrity journalist. And she really is um, supposed to be beautiful and outgoing and talented, uh, but her downfall is that she is an alcoholic. And she attempts to escape the entrapment of being an alcoholic several times. Uh, she's originally married to Jody, who is uh, Helen's father in the play. And they're sort of star-crossed in the fact that they can't be together because they would destroy each other. But the beautiful thing about the play, I think, is that he keeps re-entering her life because they do have a connection on some realm that does keep, um, keep them both moving forward. And I think that it plays out beautifully throughout the course of the play how or what Jody meant to Louise. What did you find is the hardest part of doing Louise? I mean, this is a, a very deep character that goes from highs to extreme lows during the course of the show. Right, and I think that the challenge in Louise is to balance 
the fact that she truly loves these people and the anger that they instill in her, especially when she's filled with alcohol. Uh, Mama has been putting her down and trying to squash her her whole life, and then she sees her do it again to Helen when Helen attempts to um, be successful in Hollywood. And she, I believe that she hears the same things that she heard from her mother when she wanted to move out there and, and do something with her life. And also, much like in real life, you see in your child what you never accomplished. So she had all of these shortcomings. And then when Helen does make a success, when Carol does make success, and she uh, does that first play in the college production, and she says uh, something to the effect of, well, don't be so modest, you know you're, you know you're talented. She believes it and wants her to be successful, but at the same time realizes that she will never have the success that her daughter is ultimately going to have. I think she knows at that time that she will make every dream come true that she never could. Did you know the show before you tried out for it? I knew of the show and I knew the premise of the show, which is what drew me to the show because I definitely see that um, dynamic in real life and it's an interesting dynamic to play with because you really do at some point have to step away and let the next generation take over and I'm sure that that's not easy, alcoholic or not. Well, you were mentioning Nanny and with us here, Lori Hardy plays Nanny in the show. Can you tell us, did you know the show? I had actually read the show about a year before uh, and fell in love with it then, partly because I am a diehard Carol Burnett fan. She is my idol as an actress and to to be involved in a show that has anything to do with her was something that I wanted to do. Probably my first thought when I read the show was, oh, I would love to be the, the Carol Burnett role, which unfortunately is uh, I'm beyond that as far as where I would be cast. And when I started reading it again, uh, and the character of Nanny is a, just a, a gem of an acting role. Now, she's the matriarch of the family. Yes, she is. And she has a controlling hand over everybody's life. She is a manipulator. She is a control freak. She will use just about any means possible to get other people to do what she wants. And at the same time, I think she honestly does love these people. Um, I think that one of her lines where she says, all I have ever wanted is for us to survive, Louise, when she and Louise are going at it tooth and nail, I think that's probably the most honest thing she says in the show. And that is that is her motivation is to survive and she'll do whatever she needs to. Now, for the character of Nanny, what did you find is the biggest challenge in bringing her to the stage? Aside from learning to belch on cue, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a running gag in within the cast at this point, um, trying to um, play the age and play the temperament. Um, the, the character is listed as being 50 odd years to start with, which is close to uh, my own experience. And uh, to try to age that to make it work on stage and with the other actors is, is a challenge because uh, it, it's, um, it's always difficult to age yourself, but to try to keep the, the vigor that she still had, even I think she probably had it up till when she was dead. So uh, it, it's, it's a lot of uh, reorganizing my own impulses as an actress. 
the, the character in the Nanny's, actually all the characters in this show, I, I think, are, <clears throat> are fascinating and complex. Nanny's an interesting character in, in that um, you're going to love to laugh with her, you're going to love to hate her, um, and you're, you're going to wonder why the people in the show, in her family, put up with her, but you'll also realize that they would be in a big mess if it wasn't for Nanny, because that character is what's actually making sure that, you know, what few, few food stamps, because these people are on welfare, you know. <clears throat> I mean, you know, she's complaining about sending um, young uh, Helen, you know, the Carol Burnett character, to school with mayonnaise sandwiches. Um, you know, it's Nanny that actually gets them from the beginning of the month to the end of the month until they can get some more, you know, welfare. Uh, and without her, this family would be in a lot worse shape. Um, so it's 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 fascinating to see how the audience will will uh, will react to that kind of character. Now, as you mentioned, this show travels over or goes through twenty years, approximately. It, it actually <clears throat> it opens up in 1971, where the successful Helen Carol Burnett, um, you know, which would have been when Carol Burnett was at the height of the Carol Burnett show, uh, comes back to the old neighborhood to um, to sort of you know revisit and 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 relive some memories, and she starts to tell the story of her family, and then it flashes <clears throat> back to 1941. And Act One, the rest of Act One is 1941, and then Act Two is 1951. And because of that, you have two different people playing the role of Helen, both of which are here with us today. We're going to start with younger Helen, who is in the first act of this, and that's Kirsten. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> and did you know the show before you came and tried out for it? No. I didn't know the show, and I didn't know the book either, and I didn't really, I knew who Cara Burnett was, but I didn't really exactly know what she did. You're making me feel very old. <laughs> Join the club. Well, because you see, these days is more of different people. Um, <laughs> like Miley Cyrus. No. I was actually going to say that. Oh! <laughs> see, we are one person. <laughs> so when, uh, what made you want to come out and try for the role? I hadn't have done a show in um, a few months, and I really wanted to do one. So my mom was venturing through the internet, and she found it. So she asked me if I wanted to audition, and I said yes. And then she got me the monologue, and I then I got my, um, my aunt to help me with the audition. Okay, so you've been in rehearsals for a little while right now. What do you find is the toughest part for your character? Um, I think the toughest part for me is probably to try not to laugh because <laughs> Nanny is just the most hilarious. <laughs> like, she is so funny, and I know it's supposed to be, like, really serious when she has her, you know, dizzy spells, but just the way she, the way she acts and the way she sounds is really good, but it is funny if, if you, um, if it's not, like, real. Mm-hmm. Now, is there, some, is there a specific scene in the show so far that you really like and you think that people really are going to enjoy? I think, even though it needs a little bit more work, is the bookie scene because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all know, <laughs> because it's just so out of control. Telephones are ringing off the hook. Everyone's, like, running into each other, and then the, the cops come in, and everyone's freaking out, and then everyone's pretending something different, and it's so funny, but it's great. Now, you only play Helen in the first act which is 1941. Ten years later, there's a completely different actress, Nicole, 
that plays Helen in the second act as the older Helen, the one that's now actually starting to go out there and become who we know as Kyla Burnett. So did you know the show, Nicole, before you came? Um, I did not know the show, just like Kirsten. I didn't know the show. I didn't know the book. Um, but did you know I, who Carol Burnett was? Yes, I did. <laughs> I love. So you're her. not that young. No, not that young. I wish it was. No, um, I do know Carol Burnett, and I I think probably my my fondest char um, character that Carol played was obviously Miss um, Hannigan in Annie. Of course. And I'm telling you, I just. I just totally love that character. I love how she did it. Um, it made me fall in love with that movie because she was my favorite actress in that movie. Um, she made a bad, a bad character, like an evil character, just come out just so hilarious. And she had this talent, just a natural um, stage presence, a natural, her facial expressions were priceless and they still are. And um, she's not afraid to make a fool of herself. And myself as an actress, I enjoy the slapstick comedy. I like making a fool of myself. Um, and I think that's just, when I read that she, this was a story about her life, I, I was just like, wow, what an opportunity if I could land that role. And uh, I'm, of course, also my mother told me when she heard that I was auditioning for Hollywood Arms, she was so excited. She's like, oh my gosh, you, you need this role, you know, so. <laughs> now what have, you, what have you found or in looking forward to the script for the second act here? Uh, what do you feel is going to be your biggest challenge? <sighs> My biggest challenge is going to be, I think, acting-wise, act two, scene two, which I've already been working on on my own because it's like, oh, it's a pretty much a tour de force. She comes in uh, from her day of work and she starts acting out a scenario that happened at the movie theater and she starts acting out the movie that was playing and she plays multiple characters and it's just one of the most, it's one of the funny scenes in the show. And I think it's, a, it's difficult to try to do what Carol Burnett would do, but I want to also be myself and make it my own. So, so this, that scene itself is basically where we see the beginnings of what Carol Burnett will become. Exactly. It's a foreshadowing. She, as she ends it with like this big uh, acapella belting number and she's got to build it. You know, she's got to build it from the beginning of the scene to the end and make the audience realize, oh, wow, this is it. She's going to do this. So that's a challenge in itself. This seems to be a show that's very much uh, an ensemble piece. It, you know, it, it is um, because the dynamic between the characters is so critical. Um, it's not as if you can create characters in, in, in a silo and sort of bring them to the, you know, to, to the story. It's not. <clears throat> Here's the thing is. Uh, this is a different kind of play in terms of its structure. Uh, I think that most plays that we're accustomed to, particularly the, the very good ones, if you want to start looking at a Neil Simon sort of comedy drama or even a, a Tennessee Williams drama or something along those lines, they're, they're very, very structured um, because they're written as plays. But what you're actually seeing in this story is real life. So it's not quite as structured in the way that many people expect. And so, because it's memoir, um, it's autobiographical. So as a result, it's the characters and the dynamics between the characters that really hold it all together. And, I, and we knew this when we were going into it. When we chose the show, you know, you know people you know, will, will say, well, you know, it, it's not the kind of play you expect from a Carol Burnett you know, um, type of writer. Um, it's not a Neil Simon show. Well, what is it? What it is, it is it's real life. 
Um, and so we knew when we cast the, um, the actors that they needed to have that sort of connection with each other. They had to be talented enough you know, to develop um, you know, the rapport with each other. In fact, we did callbacks uh, for the role of Nanny, and we had um, Lita and, uh, and Kirsten, who had already been cast, participate in that. And in fact, they got an, an opportunity to sort of talk about the casting before we made the final decision, because it was really important um, that, we, that we had the dynamic right um, to sort of make it feel like it was going to be an ensemble piece. And I, I think the result has really been, you know, um, what we're looking for. Um, I, I think, too, it's interesting that, um, <clears throat> that Nicole should talk about presence, you know, because all, all of the, the actors that are sitting at the table today have that. Um, and it was really important, especially for the, um, the two actors playing Helen at the two ages, to have that. Um, because people needed to believe when they saw them, even as 10 years old, and again, you know, uh, 10 years later, as 20 years old, that this person really could be a star. Um, and I think we, we, we found that in, in, our, in our two actors, and, it's, and it's, it's very cool to watch them. I mean, it's interesting because they never actually perform together because Seven. they're the same character. <laughs> Just the first act, yeah. But, it, right, in, right in, in the beginning. In the very right. first scene, it's, you know, she's, telling, she's starting to do the flashback and you see her, but they actually don't connect. You know, they actually mm -hmm. don't perform together. Um, but what's happened is that Nicole has been coming to Kirsten's rehearsals so that she can see how she behaves and how, how she performs. Um, and it's, it's very interesting because in, you know, in just in talking with them and looking at them and looking at the photographs and seeing some of the things that they're doing, I think you're going to be able to see you know, the same person in both of them. Right, right. And also, going back to like, kind of like what you were saying and what Nicole was saying, when she does that... Um, the acting out thing where she plays different characters. Young Helen also does something like that, but um, a little shorter in the first act. And it's kind of like a preview of what's, what's going to happen later in her life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So did anyone here, as you came into the production and started working on it, find any surprises? Things that you didn't expect when you heard, oh, this is a Cal Burnett show. When we first did the read-through and we got to the very end. There's a scene between older Helen and Louise where Louise describes going to find Jody, her father, and staying with him while he dies. Um, and that goes in a whole different direction. I mean, there's, you know, it's completely dramatic. It's heartwarming. It ties up all the loose ends of the fact that she, this man meant something to her. She says, I had a dream about it and I went to find him. And she really did go and so he wouldn't die alone, even though they hadn't spoken in years. And she also, um, I found out, passes away herself, which I did not know, just a few months later after Helen takes her sister Alice. And giving Alice up is almost like a final act of love. The one thing that she can do is to give Alice the life that she never gave Helen, knowing what Helen's life is going to be like. And I thought it was very sad that she never got to see her daughter's success. They talk about Nanny having been buried next to, who was it again? Oh, next oh. to her favorite movie star. I can't remember. Eddie Nelson. Eddie Nelson. Nelson. Nelson, Nelson Eddie. Nelson, Eddie. Nelson, Eddie. <laughs> next to Nelson Eddie. But, and, I, and it often makes me wonder where mom is buried. If she had passed away before she was famous, do you know? 
where mom is buried? No, okay. <laughs> but I was just thinking, it, it makes me wonder where, where she wound up it's, as a final resting place. It's interesting you should say that because if you think about it, you know, Louise is a selfish person, you know, mm-hmm. through the story. But the, the, the act of... The selfless act. That one right. selfless act shows you, like you said, it, it's the ultimate sacrifice that she makes for love. And it's, different, it's a different Louise that makes that right. happen. Right. Than, than the, I think you've and the selfish before. thing that she has going on, I think she's kind of blind to it. And in a way, it's quite underlyingly, if that's a word, humorous that she keeps saying to mama how selfish she is and she does this and what did you do to us when she doesn't even, honestly, I don't think, realize that she's doing the same exact thing to Helen. And maybe at that moment when Helen asks for Alice, she realizes after having sat with Jody, oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. I am my mother after all. So I'm going to do one better than she ever did and give Alice a good life. That's so. a good point. Do you think that um, giving up Alice and no longer having that responsibility is the last thing that she needed before she sort of said that was it and gave up? To let go? To let go. I do. And I was actually just reading about this. I'm going to tell a little personal quick story. I had to put my cat down recently, and I was reading about how animals, due to their nature, try to hold on as long as possible, but humans do have the ability to let go when they think it's time. And after she has finalized her relationship with Jody and passed him along, to the next plane and then she gives Alice to Helen then I think she realizes that it's time to just let go she's been suffering from a disease from herself as well as the alcoholism for years and it's just enough now Kirsten you had something well what surprised me was actually when I, I the in the play and in the memoir it says how how she loved her daddy so much and how she used to go every weekend to his house um, and he lived with his grandma, Grandma Nora. And she said she, she had so much fun. But then when one time her dad came back to the apartment drunk, she was so mad at him that she started kicking and punching him well, she, well, first she left him because she was so mad at him, and then she came back to the apartment and he was passed out on the floor. And she got so mad that she started, like, kicking and punching him, and she wouldn't stop. And that surprised me, even though it's not really expressed as much in the play. It, it really just, that was probably the most surprising thing for me. It, it's interesting you should mention that because it, it's, it's a thread that sort of runs through the character of Helen, which is, you know, abandoned first by her parents and left to live with Nanny in Texas while they go to California, she, um, <clears throat> she, she's always looking for an anchor. So when she comes to California, you know, the first thing, she's, she's very clingy to Nanny. And then once she gets past that and she sees that her family's a mess, she's looking for that sort of positive, you know, anchor. And at first she thinks it's going to be her father, okay, because he at that point has tried to clean up his life. And so she's come to rely on him, and the, the few weekends that they get together, you know, at, at her grandma Nora's house are, are probably very idyllic. Um, so she's, so she's, this little girl has sort of gotten to the point where it's like, okay, this is my, my daddy. He's going to take care of me. He's going to be there for me. And then when the guy falls off the wagon and, and just shows up totally, you know, blottoed. Um, that's what really drives the reaction, you know, in Helen and why she gets so upset and so angry. But what it also does is I think it makes her recognize 
that the only person that she's going to be able to really rely on is herself. So that by the end of this story, you know, um, in the second act, it's Helen that says, I'm going to college. I'm going to make something of myself. No one's going to tell me what to do, you know, and, and, and where to go if it doesn't mean doing the right thing, you know, for myself. And, and I think that whole sort of experience, you know, um, being abandoned and then with her father and then growing up is really what, you know, um, what drives her to be independent. The, the, to me, the fascinating thing about the character of Helen, and which really means the character of Carol Burnett, I think, is that you, can, you get to see in this story all the people that make up Carol Burnett. You get to see that she is a survivor because of her nanny. She is a dreamer because of her mother. She has a good heart because of her father. You know, all of those positive things she took from the family. And she said, you know what? I'll, those are the things I'm going to take, you know, in my life. And the negatives, you know what? People are people. And I love them anyway. I was actually going to say the same thing, is that that's what found, I found it very surprising that Carol Burnett had such a very difficult childhood. Um, and that she was able to get through it and will come above it and be very successful. And it's just, I, the other part that I don't find surprising is that she went to comedy. Because I think a lot of comedians um, have a lot of issues that they push back and they, they take comedy over it or make fun of themselves or, you know, to, to help their success. And so at the same time, Carol Burnett's story was very poignant and I saw from the characters that they are all a part of her. And, it, and it's very difficult, I think, to come out of a, a life like that and to, to be driven. Nobody's behind her. She's self-motivating. And she was driven to go to school even when Nanny was telling her, yo, we could use that money for, for our, you know, our apartment. We need to pay rent. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make something of myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I found that surprising. And it just made me even just love her more. <laughs> so. And I find it surprising also that she she grew up to be so like wonderful and amazing because she spent like half of her life worrying all the time. She was worrying about her nanny. She was worrying about her dad her because sister. because she had tuberculosis. She was worrying about her her mom because she kept on you know getting out of control. She was worried about a lot of things. So it's it's really awesome that she um, was able to take something from that. Well, especially her little sister who she. Saved. Saved. Yeah. And she was like a mother to her. So, And yeah. I think that also what you can see from this play is that Helen never, we keep saying she had a rough childhood, but she yeah. never really had a childhood at all. She was True. an adult from the time she started running after Nanny. And exactly. she was always had an adult mentality. So for her to come up with at 17, I'm going to, this world is about me and I can only rely on myself it seems natural that she would have come to that conclusion that most 30-year-olds haven't come she had, a, <laughs> she had a midlife crisis she had a midlife <laughs> but, but also, with all of that, to, to be, to have that inner child that she was still able to go back and get, mm -hmm. because, I mean, she goes back to the fact that she watched, that she went to so many movies with yeah. Nanny and with her mother, but to just that sense of the ridiculous and that sense of joy that she brings to everything she does, mm -hmm is even more surprising if you really look at the background. It, you know, it's, it's interesting because she had a childhood, you know, in the traditional sense, but not at home. Mm -hmm. right. She had it when she escaped. Yeah. She her, created it. She created it, mm -hmm. right. and, she, and she, she escaped to the rooftop where she and her friends would play, uh, and that's where they got to be kids. 
not at home, like you're pointing out. They really had to, she had to be an adult practically when when she was very young. But when but when she could get away from the, from those people and play in the the play the playground and the, the rooftop and be imaginative, you know, that's when she had her childhood, and that's where she seems to have gone back to to get all of that inspiration for the childlike you know fun that she brings to her performances it's gonna I was gonna add to that that it makes sense that her only person she let into her world was her father at that one point you know brought her into her you know showed her her place and said this is what I do when I want to you know I, I can do radio shows all things like that so he she brings her father into her imagination mm-hmm. and so you could see where he was a very caring part of her her personality well, our, our time is starting to run short here. So, uh, Dan, what else does Mauer Productions have coming up later in the season? Um, well, in January, we're coming out with Children's Letters to God, which is this phenomenal um, musical um, with, uh, with uh, all young kids. And it's, it's, uh, it's about their, their questions about life and, and, uh, and their experiences as sort of expressed in, in Letters to God. But it's, it's phenomenal music. Um, and uh, and then that's being directed by Jane Colt here at the uh, the, the Kelsey Theater. And then we've got um, uh, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer the musical, uh, which is coming in the spring, which is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I just I keep listening to the um, uh, to the score for that oh, show over and over. It's, music's beautiful. It's it's um, yeah, it's it's very addictive. It's it, it's going to be a lot of fun. A great family musical. For those who want to attend Hollywood Arms, it's being performed at the Kelsey Theater on the West Windsor campus of Mercer County Community College and will begin on October 2nd and run through October 11th. Ticket prices are $14 for adults with discounts for seniors and students. Go to www.kelseyatmccc.org or call 609-570-3333 for information and reservations. I want to thank my guests, Dan Maurer, Lita Gilbert, Lori Hardy, Nicole Spedafino, and Kirsten Poswald for joining us today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. For Backstage Pass, I'm John Maurer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>